What is good, everybody? Welcome to Jason Aponte's YouTube channel. We got a little Jason Aponte, a little Niners Nation collaboration going on right now. We're going to do kind of like a joint podcast. I'm Rob Stats Guerrero from Niners Nation. We got a full house today, and it's going to get fuller as we go along. Let me just introduce everybody, and then we'll explain why we're here and what we're doing. As I said, I'm Rob Stats Guerrero from Niners Nation. Levin Black is here from Niners Nation. What's up, Levin? Ready to get into this. Rich Madrid, also of Niners Nation. We're outnumbering you a little bit, Jason. What's up, Rich? <laughs> Not much. What's going on, guys? And, of course, the man, host of the YouTube channel, Jason Aponte. What's up, Jason? Good, good. I mean, hey, I don't mind being outnumbered when it's guys I like, so we're good. We're good, Rob. I'm ready to get into this. So, so we're going to be joined, hopefully, a little later by Javi Vega of 49GM, also Grant Cohen of Sports Illustrated. And this whole thing, like most good and horrible ideas, is Grant Cohen's fault. Uh, what happened was basically he posted something on Twitter that I disagreed with. He was critical of Kyle Shanahan. We went back and forth. He decided to get a little cute and mention that I once brought up or that I once said that I thought Chip Kelly deserved another year as 49ers head coach. So I felt, okay, we'll get into that. Yeah. I wanted to bring up since he's going to start digging up, you know, the skeletons in the closet that he once said that the 49ers should spend a second round draft pick on David fails. And if you're wondering who the hell David fails is, that's exactly the point. <laughs> but then Jason, I think it was you and, and everybody on Twitter started jumping in with their horrible 49ers takes that we've all had over the years. And we just thought, Hey, let's do a podcast. And you rounded everybody up, Jason. And thank you for that. So here we are. This is going to be like, Half hour, 40 minutes of our horrible 49ers takes, and it's Grant Cohn's fault, and it's your fault, Jason. <laughs> hey, you know what? Everybody's in a rush on Twitter to be right, and everybody likes to be right, and we're, we're definitely living in the age of receipts. But at the same time, if you can't sit back and laugh at yourself and, and laugh at your process, because, you know, in baseball, three out of ten gets you in the Hall of Fame. Six out of ten as a shooter in the NBA is really good. Seven out of ten, six out of ten as a, as a passer is really good. So those guys miss, everybody's going to miss, and it's time to look back at some of those things so we can laugh at ourselves a little. I think it's a fun exercise. So I want to just take you behind the curtain a little bit. So I texted Levin and said, hey, we're going to do this thing, and I just want you guys to know. Levin's response to me was, I don't know if I can join. All my takes have been right lately. So I don't know how you feel about that, but Levin, like, so you don't think you have anything to share in this discussion? I thought these were going to be horrible recent takes. And like the last year, yeah, I've been on hot streak. I am going to be cold at some point, but a lot of my predictions have come true. I said they were going to keep Jimmy. I said Trey Lance. So I thought it was just going to be like over the last year or so. And I've been incredibly lucky over the last year because, I mean, let, let's call it what it is. It's luck. Rich, should we just kick Levin out of the chat right now? <laughs> Get him out of here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... I have said, and Grant brought it up, the Chip Kelly thing. Like that is that is the biggest one right now that comes to my mind. Rich, what would you say if I say your worst 49ers take that you've had? What is the first thing that jumps into your head? That's a good question. First thing probably would be that I thought, you know, the Chip Kelly year goes back to that, that I thought uh, they should take Vernon Adams with their first pick. I thought he was a better quarterback than Jared Goff and Carson Wentz, to be honest. Wow. Okay, so we're off to a good start. We're moving. Um, yeah, and okay, I, I got to be honest with you. Like, I'm even having trouble remembering. So what about him did you like so much? 
Um, I just like the way he played uh, outside the structure, and he looked like a guy that could run Chip Kelly's offense. You know, I mean, Chip made some adjustments to his offense in the NFL. It was a little more structured and things like that, and it kind of evolved throughout, you know, his tenure in Philadelphia. And then when he got to San Francisco, you know, he incorporated a few more things. Um, I just thought he was a, a decent enough quarterback that they could get that if they weren't going to be ready to play Kaepernick or whatever, that he could come in right away and run it because he had already played at Oregon, I think under Mark Helfrich, who played, you know, who coached under Chip Kelly. Yep. Um, so he kind of already knew the system and it seemed like, you know, an ideal fit at the time. You snickered, Jason, when I, when I brought up the Chip Kelly thing and I didn't want to like this to turn into me defending my horrible 49ers <laughs> takes, but I did just go back briefly and look at the team that Chip Kelly had. That is one of the worst 49er teams we have ever seen. Guys were jumping ship off the 49ers. Jeremy Curley was their leading receiver, and I don't think they signed him until like two weeks before the season started. It was a horrible roster, and my thinking at the time was nobody could have succeeded with this roster. It was absolutely terrible. Even good coaches are really bad in their first year, so I thought that he deserved another year. You snickered at me. No, I think that's the best part about this is that we should talk about our thought process the process then because that's not the that's not the reason that this is a cold take. You probably had the right process. I'm a big process over results guy because you can get to a result without going through the right way to thinking about it. But I think that's the best part about it is right now you can snicker at it, but then you have the best intentions. For instance, I might as well just get into mine so you guys can snicker at me. So I joined Twitter. Very close to around the time, twenty, uh, I believe it was the Rams-Patriots Super Bowl. That was right when I started, you know, trying to push content, write articles and things like that. Got a chance to, to hook up a 49ers web zone, which really was the thing that, that got me moving as far as getting eyes on content. So we did a season predictions article, if, if I remember, it was a round table. And this was going into 2019. So our bold predictions were, man, you guys are going to laugh. Dante Pettis was going to be the 49ers' first 1,000-yard receiver since Anquan Bolden. Mm. Ooh. Ouch. Ouch. Wait. <laughs> Double ouch. Double ouch. Here it is. The team leader in touchdowns that year would be Tevin Coleman. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> bold. Those are bold predictions. So, again – Going back to the thought process, the end of that season before Dante Pettis tears it up the last five weeks with Nick Mullins, you you think, hey, Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be there. His progression is going to continue. Kyle Shanahan loves him. He went and drafted him. He went up and moved up to go get him. This feels natural, okay? Nah, didn't work. Seven Coleman, I thought, and I wrote an article about it right away because I was excited about the prospects of him being there because of how he was utilizing Atlanta. Kyle Shanahan utilized him in the slot to win on, on rail routes, on, on quick slants. And I thought that that was going to be a way that he was going to use him. Just he didn't use him that way in Atlanta. Sure, he had a few four touchdown games, but he probably came nowhere near being the touchdown leader and fell out of favor pretty quickly when Raheem Mostert took over. So, yeah, those are some freezing cold takes. I have more, but we can pass it around so we can fill time. <laughs> Trust me, I have more. <laughs> Levin, let's hear yours. Uh, I got one from the same time period. Same website, I wrote an article that was my bold predictions for the season where I added to the one that I did for the joint one that he was talking about. And this one, when I went looking for my bad takes, uh, I had forgotten I made this take, and even I'm kind of surprised by it. I said going into the 2019 season, Adrian Colbert would uh, or get the starting job over Jimmy Ward. 
and the Jimmy Ward would that would be the beginning of the end for him. <laughs> and, and he has since signed in a contract extension. <laughs> been completely yeah. solid and across the board now playing every game. <laughs> yeah, well, I, thought process was I, I was an Adrian Colbert fan. I thought that you know he did he did well as a rookie. The things that he did bad were things that could improve on, like angles. I thought you know with experience he would get better, and then he hadn't. You know, some injuries in 2018 ended up not ever being quite the same. I thought, okay, he's had an offseason now. He's going to be healthy. He's going to do better. But at that time, Jimmy Ward had had a lot of injuries as well. He was he had that injury-prone bug, and I just thought that his speed would shine. Is he in the league anymore? <laughs> no, he's like yeah, a professional he video gamer. I mean, he's he just, in and out. He, he just signed with the Pets. He? he was with Miami before that. With Miami, I think, or something. I believe that he got another shot, at least on on some oh, training camp roster, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. All right. Shout out to Adrian Colbert. Congratulations. Um, <laughs> you mentioned the Dante Pettis thing, Jason. I, and this is like the scarring as a 49ers fan. So everyone is high on Brandon Ayuk, right? Like he's, oh, he had a great year. He's blowing up. And in my head, like lights are flashing. Like don't jump on that train yet. We've seen receivers flash at the end of the year and then turn out to be duds. And so I'm like hesitant to jump on the Ayuk train because I keep seeing visions of Dante Pettis dancing in my head. Rich, does that make sense to you or am I being crazy? No, I think you're kind of being crazy on that one. I think, <laughs> I, I mean, I guess anything's possible, right? But I think Ayuk coming out of college was a lot better than Pettis. And I like Pettis, too, coming out. I thought he was going to be their number one wide receiver by year two. So you're not, you know, you guys that like Pettis aren't alone in that. So um, I wouldn't, I don't have any hesitation about Ayuk, though. I think he's going to be just fine. I think he is a, a more polished and better receiver, you know, going into year two than Pettis was. Just for whatever reason, Pettis, I, whether it was he didn't, take to the game as well in the NFL or just didn't have the drive. We don't know, but you know, I, I think it was pretty reasonable to assume that in year two, he would have been at least the number two guy, maybe even the number one, uh, but it just never happened. But I don't think that's any reason to kind of be hesitant on, you know, Ayuk's fit in the offense or going forward or anything or how he develops. So, um, but no, I don't think it's, I don't think you were off with Pettis, um, but, you know, Ayuk is different, man. I just, it's just, I went back and watched some of his college tape this offseason. He, he's just different. Um, I didn't see Pettis doing a lot of that. And Pettis was a really polished route runner in college, too. But Ayuk just has that extra gear that Pettis didn't have. I want to give Levin a little credit when we talk about Brandon Ayuk because he said basically right after, like in training camp, that Ayuk was already the best wide receiver on the 49ers. I know this is supposed to be about bad takes, but I I crushed you at the time, Levin. So I'm going to give you a little bit of love for that. <laughs> Gee, what, what is this alternate universe where Rob is praising me? I know. We're, we're Levin, on a, was that the was that the start of your hot streak? Was that like the like was the, the you think like where it started there and it just it, it's pretty much like since I started doing a podcast with Rob, I've been on a hot streak. Yeah, so he says. We'll see. And Rob about loves that. it. I think you just cursed yourself, but uh, we'll find did. out about that. Um, I know another one for me going back. I really thought, and this one started to me on the Monday night. It was Colin Kaepernick's first start against the bears and he came out and he lit them up it was an absolute wrecking ball he was running he was dropping passes in over defenders right over the top nice i thought at that point like we got our guy 
this is it. He's going to be our guy for the next 10 years. He's going to be like running all over the place. He can actually throw a little bit of touch. And we found it now. Now we can go get it. And the sky was the limit because it was going to be Kaepernick and it was going to be Jim Harbaugh. They were both young and we were going to run the NFC for years. And two years later, he was off the team. And that that was the end of that. Well, I mean, at that point, you were right, though. For those two years, they did, basically. You know, going back to the NFC Championship, going to the Super Bowl at one time. So, again, your thought process is is right. I thought the same thing. I, I remember that game vividly. And I remember getting a text from a Giants fan friend who, you know, I live around here. And I remember his words. Your boy Alex Smith just lost his job. And he was like, <laughs> that was it. And, and it was just based off of that one game. And and I, I had all those same feelings. So I can't blame you either. I mean, I would argue Kaepernick was it. He just got uh, screwed by the league. That's a whole – we could do a whole hour on all of that. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, nobody saw that coming, though, like what happened. I mean, I I thought Harbaugh was going to be around for 10, 15 years, too. I mean, that's not like a hot take or anything that you – you know, or a bad take that, you know, you shouldn't be proud of or anything. I mean, Kaepernick was good, man. I mean, we all have – we all remember what we felt. 2012, 2013, you know, and 2014 was kind of a down year, but even then and down year for them was eight and eight, not, you know, two and 14 or whatever, or four and 12 or whatever the 49ers finished the last few years outside of the one year. But um, yeah, there was reason to believe he was going to stick for a long time, even after, you know, there was, there was optimism heading into 2015, even though Tom Sula had taken over that, you know, well, at least they still have Kaepernick, they should still be able to, be competitive in games and win, you know, because they only kept they kept Jeep Christ, um, who was running the Harbaugh offense, but obviously he wasn't the brainchild of of that offensive scheme. But I, you know, there wasn't a whole lot of reason to be, I guess, skeptical, you know. And then early on, we learned that there was, but you know, he he went through the growing pains that a quarterback of his caliber was going to go through at some point. And in 2016, I mean, I guess you could – I'll throw this in there. I thought Kaepernick in 2016 was a really good pocket passer um, in Chip Kelly's offense. I thought that was the best year he had throwing from the pocket, you know, with the guys he had around him um, and the, the offense being what it was. You know, he was able to sit in there finally in year four and be the quarterback that they needed three years prior. So um, I think a lot of fans don't think that. So, you know, I'll throw that take in there as one that probably everyone else thinks I'm crazy for. Two shivers just went down my spine. One is because you mentioned the name of Jim Tom Sula, and I don't ever want to look back at that era. But the second is because we are now joined by the Prince of Darkness himself, Grant Cohen of Sports Illustrated. Listen, Buster, don't make me come over there, all right? <laughs> this is all your fault, Grant. I said that at the start of the show. You had to bring up my Chip Kelly take from years ago that I did. I haven't forgotten, Rob. People don't forget, as you pointed out. So I will forever take your David Fails take. I will always have that at the ready. Don't give up on David Fails. (laughs) This could be his year. Is he in the league still? I don't know. I hope so. Jeff Garcia, right around this time. He could be the next Kurt Warner. I think he's going to be the next Kurt Warner. I'm I'm doubling down on David Fails. I I see no reason to back off that take at this point. Right. Well, see, that's what I was saying. Like, I was tempted. I started looking up Chip Kelly, like, okay, who's on the roster? What happened? Like, I'm ready to defend it again still, which is like, that just makes it even worse that I just can't take the L. It's no, but it's natural, man. No one wants to take that L. What L am I going to have to take? What, what, what have you guys put on me? 
What if you guys? No, don't? so it's not. It's not like that, oh, Grant. I think we're we're, we're letting you. Yeah, we're letting you come to the table with whatever you want to bring. I've got a few more. I can't wait till I get called on again. But great, you're new, so let, I mean, it's up to you, man. You're in a safe space. Give me, give me a and, minute and, to and think one because I want to get a good one. So if you have one, right. give me a minute. I'll go next. All right, I do. And this is the elephant in the room: Justin Fields. That's it. Look, I I predicted it. I wanted it. It didn't happen. That's it. Take the L. Move on. The only thing that we got right was that it wasn't Mac Jones. But I'm very happy with Trey Lance. But yes, I have to take the Justin Fields one on the chin. Because I went so hard for so many months because I loved him and I thought that he's I still think he's going to be a great player that you can't back off of that after you go months and months of your evaluation and, and love the player just because he didn't show up to the 49ers or didn't get drafted by them doesn't mean that I don't think that all of a sudden. No, I think that the Bears got a steal at 11. I think that many teams messed up by letting Justin Fields go. But I was obviously wrong because it wasn't Fields at three. So I've got to sit here and, and take that and. Plenty of people have let me know on Twitter, but just to let you guys know, I'm aware. I'm aware, guys. I, 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 I knew what happened. That one. I, I, I have one. That. I have one. Real Go quick. Uh, I thought the Niners were right not to take a quarterback in 2017 in the first round. I wouldn't have taken Solomon Thomas, but I would have wow. probably taken him. Uh, I didn't think any of those quarterbacks were worth the first round grade, and my favorite one was Mitchell Trubisky. So, really good year for me. <laughs> <laughs> that That forever, I mean – if we're talking about bad takes, that goes on Kyle Shanahan's record forever, too. The fact that he openly admitted, and I'm still stunned that he said this, that he did not basically scout Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson as much as he should have. And that goes on. I mean, it's a much I bigger scouted L than them yours. I still didn't like them, so I, mine's worse. <laughs> <laughs> that is, I mean, God, that think of just, I, I, this is not what this pod is about, but uh, you brought up 2017. We could have had Kyle Shanahan and Patrick Mahomes. We could have had <sighs> Kyle Shanahan and Patrick Mahomes. Yep. In an alternate universe, that happened. In an alternate universe. Or Deshaun Watson. Yeah. I, th- I thought – I said that year they should have drafted Mahomes or Watson or before the draft. I, I really like both of them. Uh, just one of the few times I've been right about quarterbacks. But let's go. Stay with, the same, hey, stay with the same year and tell me what you think of this one. I thought Matt Barkley was the best quarterback they had on the roster going into training camp. I did too. I did too. I like Matt Barkley. I thought he played well the year before. I don't know. I like I've, him. I've followed his career from when he played in Orange County near where I grew up in California and up through to the NFL. And I just, I've, I've liked him ever since. I thought he was a great quarterback, not a great quarterback, but I thought he was good enough. Yeah. And he, he looked decent in 2016, especially when they played the 49ers in that uh, that snow game. I thought he I thought he was good. I thought he could I have been a for the starting job or been the starter at least. I was going to go in the way back machine here. I got an older one, and it kills me to say that's the way back machine, but I feel like half our listeners are probably going to be going, who? And that's, I thought the signing of Antonio Bryant in 2006 was the Niners got their next number one wide receiver, and we had finally replaced Tio. Oh, it lasted he, one, year. <laughs> one year. But didn't he start that year where he had a couple of, like, big games or big yeah. touchdowns? Like, he came out of the gate hot, I thought, and I was like, hey, maybe this they finally found something here. And he wore Tio's number, and he I looked was a say- lot like Tio in physique. And yeah, he lasted one year out of his four-year contract. <laughs> I thought Kobe Fleener would be the next uh, Tony Gonzalez, and when the Niners didn't take Kobe Fleener and took AJ Jenkins, I correctly excoriated them, but mostly because they didn't take Kobe Fleener. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that doesn't even count. Like you, you were kind of right, so I feel right. like we can give you a kind of a pass. All right. Fair, fair, but, but not really. 
Yeah, I will always and remember. He ended up dropping a lot of passes in Indy. And being the worst blocker of all time. Other than that, he's got a good pick. (laughs) (laughs) I'll always remember the A.J. Jenkins pick because that was the same. It was the same night where 30 Rock was doing a live episode. It was like a big deal. And in the intro to the show, to prove it was live, the last line of the intro, one of the actors said, the Niners just took A.J. Jenkins. And I'll always remember that. And that is, to be honest the most memorable thing about A.J. Jenkins' NFL career. <laughs> also, that his name was in the envelope. The fact that that uh, Trent Balky called the shot, that was the best part. I love that. Remember that? He said, who are you going to yeah. draft? It was a pre-draft, it was a pre-draft yeah. press conference. They always do that. And someone mm-hmm. said, do you know who you're going to take? And he goes, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. In fact, his name is sealed in an envelope, which was the most arrogant thing you could possibly say. And <laughs> what's up, Javi? What it do? Now we're in What's up, Javi? We're joined by Javi Vega, 49 GM. We were just discussing many of our bad 49er takes, Javi. We, we've gotten to AJ Jenkins and Grant ripping the 49ers for uh, not taking Kobe Fleener that year. When I, when I say bad 49ers takes to you, Javi, what is your first one that jumps to mind? Um, I don't even know if it's a take. It's more of my Stafford thing. You know, I'm learning how to navigate through all this stuff and I get all this information about Matthew Stafford and the Niners and that, you know, ends up blowing up in my face and the rest of the 49ers Twitter thinks I'm some type of fake person and all this other nonsense. But I don't know if I really have anything super bad. I went through my list of stuff. I think the only thing I think I said was 2017. I I yelled at John Lynch and I said, whatever happened to making us proud as a fan base? Cause they had, they were like, Oh, and 10, um <laughs> you know he, he's what he's saying his first press conference i'm gonna make what do you say um we're gonna we're gonna compile a team that's gonna make you proud and i'm like this is oh and ten this is chip kelly at least won a game at this point right like chip kelly was one in nine or whatever at that, that period so i think that was the biggest one um i think yeah, I think that's really it. I, I don't know. I, I, I spent a lot of time arguing with Grant early on in the process about. Well, who doesn't? <laughs> the, the Jimmy Ward slander. Uh, I was more like the uh, Homer type of guy back in the you day. You were right you know? yeah. about Jimmy Ward in retrospect. And now yeah. I'm on your side. So. <laughs> yeah. well, I got another one. Last year, I think I tweeted that the Niners should uh, trade Jimmy Ward and make Tavarius Moore the starting free safety. That was that was less than a year. That was six months ago. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I could just keep – I could do this all day, actually. Yeah, <laughs> I just I just want to say, and I don't know if I speak for all 49er fans, so I'll only speak for myself here. Uh-oh. I love Grant Cohn in press conferences. Oh, I hate Grant Cohn on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you're supposed to – you're supposed to be a troll on Twitter. Who goes on Twitter to, like, not be a troll? I don't know, maybe Jason, <laughs> but Jason's a dad. <laughs> maybe when I'm a dad, I'll, I'll stop being a troll. <laughs> No, I, I look. I try to. I try to be peaceful on there because I got a yeah, little extra do. side of that of of that other side, and I was like, oh no, 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 I don't want this smoke. Like, I, I just want my Twitter experience. Rich knows what I'm talking smoke. about. Rich doesn't mess around on Twitter. Oh, no, I love that about Rich. Uh, no. I said it. I thought this year I was going to cut back on a lot of that nonsense, and I didn't. Whatever. <laughs> that's a cold take. That's a cold. That's the coldest take probably yeah. right yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, that's You're funny because I tweeted back in January that I was going to be more positive this year on Twitter, and it hasn't happened. Was it? <laughs> I am definitely more positive on Twitter than I am in real life. Let's just put it that way. Jason knows. Wow. Yeah. Jason knows. When it comes to the team, I'm way more positive on Twitter than I am in real life. So, uh, yeah. Well, in terms of Twitter, I think, Rich, you are 
<laughs> you are a savage on Twitter sometimes, man. <laughs> I, I, I sometimes I just sit back and and just admire because you do some fabulous work. Yeah, sometimes and when I when I fire something off, feels great, baby. Someone, I'm always like, man, should I have said that? And then I'm like, oh, whatever. I'm just gonna let it stand. No Grant one has never questioned that. That sentence has never come out of your mouth, has it, Grant? No. I, I think Rich pushes the envelope more than I do. Sometimes Rich goes and is like, man, Maybe Rich is going to give this up. This will go forever. This will go for yeah. days. And look, yeah. Rich is a lot more petty because I work in this industry and I, I kind of have to like <laughs> see these people. But Rich will just go after like the other day, the Tim Cobb commie thing. I would never, but you did it, and I was like, I gotta retweet it. Dude, I'm never, sorry, it's hilarious. I'm never gonna move up. I'm never gonna move up in this industry, <laughs> nor do I think I like have any desire to. Just seeing what some other other people go through. Yeah, um, that's I just, why I respect you, know, you so much. Watching yeah. film, watching film, and writing about it, and talking about it on the occasional podcast is like a hobby for me, and I don't think I'm gonna change that. So I, I'll go after, I'll call out whoever, man. I don't care, like. Yeah. I, I, you know, you and I chatted in the DMs the other day about someone, uh, and it came up again yesterday. And you were like, "I'm not going to go there," uh, but I mentioned it, and I was like, "Fuck it, man! I'm not going to, I'm not going to hold back on some of these people, especially when there's no accountability for a lot of their takes and a way they, the way some other people talk to, you know, fans on there, especially necessary function. I respect it. Thank you. I can't do it. I don't got it in me. <laughs> I don't got it in me. Thanks." No, it is the funny. Talk, the Kawakami I told so I told weird. Kawakami to watch more film the other day, and I didn't get blocked. So <laughs> <laughs> nothing against Tim. It's just that he really took a strong stance, and no one's ever gonna call him out on it. And you did something. Yeah, I mean, he he, he was saying for a month it was gonna be Mac Jones, and then because he kept saying he was the only only pro ready quarterback in the draft. When if you if you read other people's work who've yeah. done way more work than I did or anybody else. They had Mac Jones fourth or fifth on their list. They didn't think he was ready at all. So, I mean, I don't know. And clearly Shanahan didn't think so, or he would have went with him. Right. Yep. Yeah, well, there was – trust me, if we're doing bad takes, you could basically have the whole 49ers press corps pretty much. <laughs> they are all lined up for Mac. I mean, let's be honest. I mean – Congratulations. I got, I got to Lance like a week before I figured it out. Well, this is a weird thing, though, Grant. And I, we're going off topic, but you got to give me a few seconds here. I feel like – Oh, those of us not in the press corps, Jason, Levin, me, Javi, none of us said it was going to be Mac. We might have been wrong on fields, but none of us said it was going to be Mac. Right. And I feel like the press corps, except for you, said Mac Jones, Mac Jones, Mac Jones. The people with sources, thank God I don't have any of those because they would have <laughs> led me astray. But Javi, can you explain this to me? It seems to me that there was some source misleading very high level people here. Yeah. And I don't even think there was any type of source even saying that. I think they all went with Sims and, you know, all, all loved Chris wow. Sims. But I think everyone attached themselves to what Sims said wow. and said, hey, let's run with this. But in all actuality, you know, if, if we actually pay attention to Kyle Shanahan and his press conferences the last two seasons, three seasons, I posted two or three videos the last couple of days of Kyle speaking specifically about the athlete playing quarterback and his desire to play 11 on 11 football. You know, I was wrong on fields. My information said, hey, the, tr the Niners are trying to trade up to three. I even put the screenshot on Twitter so people can leave me the hell alone. Like I had got that <laughs> early February. The Niners were talking to the Dolphins. That was the conversation. And that came from someone, you know, who was kind of close to that fields camp. And they automatically, that's kind of where my information came from with fields. But everyone, I think everyone else kind of attached themselves to Chris Sims, ran with it. Um, even, uh, I think I want to say it was Greg Cosell did a couple podcasts on KMBR, did one with a couple other people. 
um, that he just kept insinuating Mac was a guy, Mac was a pick. And, um, and I think the biggest one was that final press conference, right? Before the draft and everyone was like, he's so divisive and he's so irritated Kyle, that Kyle that is. It's like, maybe he's just tired of you guys pigeonholing him to this Kirk Cousins mold when he can win with pretty, well, I shouldn't say win with any quarterback, but he's looking for Can't this athlete. Yeah, Nick Mullins, CJ Beathard, bye. <laughs> um, but, you know, those, those, it just, I think everyone kind of, I think Kyle said it best, it was an echo chamber. He's like, who am I to stop it? Why would I stop it? Hey, and, if, uh, if if they had taken uh, Mac Jones, do you think Jed York would have left the press conference early? What do you think, Grant? <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! Oh, well, that was <laughs> <you remember? laughs> I was proud of that scoop, man. I was hey. so proud of that scoop because I was tipped off, and then I got a second source. I like went through all, and I was like, I nailed him, and everyone was like. <laughs> Don't care. I was like, oh yeah. man. All no. right, fine. Hey, I I, w- I will say this. That is when my opinion of you started to change because I only knew you from like Twitter and your uh, columns. So my opinion of you was you didn't like me before. Not, really not the greatest. Uh, but All when right, you reported right. that, like, yeah, I used to be a sports journalist as a full time gig, and I was the type of sports journalist that didn't do favors for people. So I respected the heck heck out of that that you were actually willing to do that. It's the only scoop I've ever had two sources on. I mean, I really worked it. I, was, I nailed them, and everyone was and like, the, don't care. That, that made no uh, sense. You yeah. were the only member of the press corps that had that, and it's completely relevant given Jed York's history and the, the – we're, we're, again, off topic. But yeah. the fact that you were the only one that had that, I appreciate that. So shout out to you. I mean, if but, it happened to the Jets or a Giants uh, owner, wouldn't that be big news in the East Coast? I feel like it would yeah, be. Everything and just is, the fact that everything we're out is here on the East yeah, everything is Absolutely. on the East Coast, though, right now, honestly, especially this Zach Wilson thing about what he just said in that press conference. That's going to be talked about for that's we just, say, just we say, uh, we say. he just because they asked him about the vaccine. And he said it's a personal question. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, it, up go. east, you got up east, you got here the Phillies, go. you got the Yankees, you got the Mets, the Jets, the Giants, yeah, you know, the Knicks, yeah. the the Nets, every you know, everything's super, it's just hyper concentrated on this on these sports teams. I think a lot of uh, stuff from the Bay Area is kind of you know, outside of a few. Some of the questions yeah. are very much. Whoop, here you so go. York, yeah. York's lucky he's he's hiding out here. I mean, he, all right, he, wait, but let's get it way harder. Let's, yeah. get, let's, let's get back to the cold takes. Let's get back to the cold takes. <laughs> yeah, I'm okay. sure we got more, especially. Oh, I got let's it. Go ahead, Robbie. You got it. All right, Jason, you said you had a bunch, so let's let's give me your best one now that's left. So we'll go back to the draft. The same thing. I'm writing articles for 49ers Web Zone, and I decide to get a little froggy. This is my first time actually evaluating draft, and I think about who I would want the 49ers to pick. There's a lot of receivers in this draft class. We're talking CeeDee Lamb. We're talking Jerry Judy, Brandon Ayuk. And we're talking about the guy that I thought the 49ers should have drafted with their spot, which they wound up taking – well, they wound up trading and then taking Javon Kinlaw. But I, I wrote about the 49ers and who I wanted them to take, and I wanted them to take Henry Ruggs. And it was for no reason other than fit and how I thought Jimmy Garoppolo was going to take another step. He could catch slants and go to the house, just like I had seen Debo Samuel take. They could get him the ball in space with screens, and he could also help elevate Jimmy's game with his deep um, presence. And unfortunately, that didn't happen, and obviously we kind of know now with the data points that we have that that's never really going to be part of his game at all. But – I was optimistic going into that draft. I wanted Henry Ruggs to open up things in the middle of the field for other people because of his speed. And I also saw a little bit of Tyree killing him. I know it's a little bit lazy because he's super fast, but what I got excited about was 
the the slants that he takes and he's just and he's going to the house and I'm like well that's perfect that works so well in this offense the 49ers didn't have that speed element I wanted Henry Ruggs um for the for the pick so you know roast me away for that one <laughs> I got one more but and then I gotta go I gotta do a show at seven but I got one more and this is probably my worst one okay? another show Grant's making money, baby. Sports. He's got to yeah, pay baby. for that Kia. He's leaving a show to do a show. Oh, man. Okay. So in tw- okay. So this is I'm really good at, at evaluating talent. 2017, my favorite running back was Joe Williams. Uh, he ran for about 350 against UCLA. Ran a 4-3. I was sold. That's all I needed to see. He was dude was a savage. So I put him in all my mock drafts, but it was kind of it was always like a fourth round pick, and it wasn't much to talk about. Then the Niners freaking drafted him, and I got so excited in the press room that I gave it an A plus and I tweeted that he was a phenom. So I'm still waiting on that comeback. (laughs) (laughs) God, it wasn't the last, I mean, whether it was Marcus Lat, was it Marcus Lattimore, the running back from South Carolina that Balky took that got hurt, that never played. Like we've seen some running backs get taken. Uh, The Joe Williams thing, like that was the pick, right? That was Kyle's guy. He pounded the desk. They had to have Joe Williams. And Good just don't think he had any intention of ever playing professional football. He was like, let me get that. Let me get a he played. He played Emmaus, right? That's outside of my hometown. Like okay. I, yeah, we knew him like back at home. Athlete. So yeah, hell of an athlete. Just hell weird. But yeah, I mean, he, he quit in college. He quit again. I just didn't want to do it, but at least he got a little cash. So good for him. Yeah. At least, at least he fooled me and Kyle. That's why I'm really not in a position to criticize the 2017 draft. I mean, I would have made it way. I would have done the same stuff. I wonder Watson. There you go. Well, everyone here is podcast, more equipped to criticize this draft than me. <laughs> well, thank you, Grant. We appreciate the time. Thanks for hopping Sorry, in again. Late. This is all your fault, so you're a huge jerk. But also, <laughs> thank you because it was a good idea. Thanks for having me. Uh, Jason clearly said it was tonight, and I thought it was tomorrow. I went out to dinner with East Bay Chris a few weeks ago, and he told me to go to a certain place, and I went to a uh, restaurant across town when he clearly said to go to a certain place. So I'm just unorganized. I'm very sorry. <laughs> I feel good confessing all this stuff. I feel much better. It's like a it's way probably back. all the shows you do. This is what Christians do, right? You talk saying our father and Hail Mary be right. everything and feel shame and parent. So this is great. I feel, feel it feels special. great, baby. It feels great, baby. All right, guys. See you next time. Later, Grant. Hey, you gotta. We gotta get ready for the new season, right? Like we we need to cleanse ourselves here. We need to refresh, recharge. And let's get ready to go. So before we sign off, uh, let's uh, let's go around. Let's set ourselves up for some more bad takes in the future. Rich, I want to put you on the spot right now. I'll start with you. If you had to give a future bad take about the 49ers for this year, what do you think you might come up with? I think they, if I had to give a bad take, I'm just not convinced that it's going to be a good year for them. I think they're going to probably finish third again in the NFC West. Damn. And we were all just (laughs) feeling good a second ago. That's a doubter. (laughs) Why? I don't know. I just, there's no, I mean, if you look at the guys that are coming back, everybody that's coming off injuries, I just don't think there's much reason to be excited about a lot of stuff this year outside of maybe the quarterback competition. Uh, A lot of young guys, a lot of guys on one-year deals, a lot of guys coming back from injury. The first five, six weeks are going to be rough, man. Um, And I don't know that there's a way that they can climb out of that one stretch they have. It's just, it's going to be tough. I just don't have any optimism for it. Um, I haven't really said this publicly until now, but I, I'm, I'm obviously hope, you know, they get out of it and they make the playoffs and everything, but just 
for some reason, this team loves to pick up value or think they find value in guys that have injury histories and things like that. And it's bitten them in the last few seasons. So I hope that's not the case this year, but you know, we're off to a great start with the last couple of weeks. So (laughs) the Niners nation commenters are going to love you, Rich. (laughs) (laughs) Might've wanted to go with rich last without a big of a downer. (laughs) Well, this is okay. So you get the opportunity now, Levin, the crowd is ice cold. Okay. What do you got for us? (laughs) Well, uh, I guess I'll keep it cold. Uh, My (sighs) downer take was that Jimmy Garoppolo plays most of the season. You're that could blow up in my face. I is that, yeah. but is that I, downer though? I don't know if that's downer. Oh, it's a downer. I think most oh, fan base doesn't want to see him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I most really, fan base has moved on. Uh, you're telling me you wouldn't be a, a little disappointed, Jason, if Jimmy Garoppolo played the whole year? I wouldn't be disappointed if he played the whole year. That probably means that they're winning games. They're not going to stick with him if they're not playing well. So I wouldn't say disappointed. You know, the only thing that I really fear with this whole situation is is Lance hasn't played a year. I don't I don't understand the idea of if you haven't played in a year, then sit another year. So you so that's the part that I don't jive with. But at the same time, if Jimmy Garoppolo makes it 17 games, this, this team probably won a bunch of games. There's no way that they're going to stick with him if they're struggling or if he's not playing well or they're not winning any games. So I guess that's the caveat that I'll put to it. I wouldn't say disappointed. But, you know, yeah, clearly Trey Lance starting would be great. It's exciting. But at the same time, if Jimmy, I think if Jimmy makes it 17, they probably win 12 yeah. because they're not going to stick with him if he's not really producing. But, like, they're not sticking with him next year anyway. So, like, I don't know. That's a different podcast. Javi, what do you got for me in terms of bold predictions? Um, I think the defense takes a step back. Uh, I was looking at the DVOA numbers earlier today. They were, like, six or something last year. I, you know, I can see them being – you know, 12, 13, 14th. It's not terrible, but I could see them taking a step back. Just that natural regression. You know, what are we doing with Bosa? What is snaps? Is he going to be a 40% snap guy or is he going to be a 70% snap guy? Um, is he Bukum the next D forward in this offense, defense? Is he going to give you, you know, just third down pass rushing? Is How is he going to play uh, in coverage if they send him out there? You know, uh, you have a brand new defensive coordinator, D'Amico Ryans, who I believe in completely. But he's going to have to take his lumps out there as a defensive coordinator, learning, you know, learning just how to adjust to other offenses. Because you know, Sean McVay still exists, uh, Sean Payton <laughs> still exists. You know, the Niners do play the Packers. Lafleur, you know, he's not a terrible, yeah. he's not a terrible uh, offensive coordinator or just offensive it's, coach. So that, oh, that that should be another one that I should have added in there. You know, he wants to get really aggressive with his defense. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not a bad thing, but it, you know, it can bite you, you in the ass. Yeah, you can envision going against someone like McVay and some of the other teams have to play the Packers of Aaron Rodgers plays that getting too aggressive can really bite them. So um, hopefully they I'm hoping he keeps the same scheme, but just hearing him talk, I think there's going to be a lot of major tweaks, you know, probably a little more man coverage than we're seeing, used to seeing and some other things. Um, and I don't really know if that's one of their strengths right now. Um, I think they're definitely going to regress. I don't know if that's a, a, a hot take or a bad take, but. I mean, uh, it's coming. It just statistically, it's coming. Yeah, I mean, because good, go good. Uh, when I was gonna say, because like I said, I was looking at those DVOA numbers last. Obviously, twenty nineteen, they were second. Last year, they were like sixth or something like that. So they were, you know, they're still in the top ten. Um, but you, I th- my biggest issue with this defense is really the secondary. Like, is Tart going to be fully healthy the whole year? We know how valuable no. he is. We know well, we know he's a valuable player, right? Uh, can he finish the whole season? Uh, Emmanuel Mosley, do we really trust him as your cornerback too? Because towards the back end of 2020, 
They were putting Keller Witherspoon in there before over Emmanuel Mosley and putting Mosley in special teams, yep. right? Is Ambry Thomas ready to start? Uh, what about Kwan Williams? Can he finish the season as well? He's been banged up. So then you got to put Lenore out there or whoever else you may have as your um, slot corner. There's just a lot of questions in the secondary. I think they regress, and I, you know it's I don't, cool if they're number one defense in the NFL. Great, I'll eat crow on this, but. I have just my doubts on it, and I think that's going to make the offense have to be more explosive, which kind of I think might lean to to Rich's point. The team may not be as good, even if Jimmy Garoppolo plays the full seventeen, because then you're going to be asking Jimmy yeah. to to carry the team a little bit more than he has in the past. So then you know you're looking, and you know maybe it's a nine and ten nine ten win team versus that 11-12 win team, and you have a full seventeen games now. The only one team gets that by, and we know how the 49ers injury history works. They're going to need that by. Yeah, I mean, it's it's you're looking at a year where very possibly the offense needs to carry the defense, and that, that's not that's not good right now. Um, <laughs> not if Jimmy starts. What, what? Well, even if Lance starts, we don't know. I mean, we don't. We just don't know how he's going to turn out. You know, it could be a you know he could start week three or four, and we could go through a four or five week stretch where Lance is trying to figure things out, and fans are getting restless again for Jimmy again or something. I mean, there's so many unknowns in it, but it's really going to be on the offense this year to carry the bulk of the load. And with Shanahan, I mean, you know he's going to call the right plays, but are the players going to be there that they need? I mean, there's so many question marks. This, is, this isn't a year where you look at other teams in the division who haven't really had the injury history that the 49ers have had lately and think that they're going to take a step back or anything. You know, I mean, some teams got better. Um, and then now you got the Seahawks running the same offense. So with, with the weapons they have, that's going to be just as dangerous. So um, I, I don't know. I think I just think there's too many unknowns for me to be somewhat optimistic right now. Super Bowl, baby. Levin, well, you wanted to say something before. Well, Javi basically covered it. The one thing that I think the defense is really susceptible to is if Verrett gets injured, th- those CBs are – I would argue right down there towards the bottom in the league. If Verrett is not there playing at a Pro Bowl caliber, Mosley, I think, is very average. And after that, it's pretty unknown. I mean, you can count Quan, but Quan's in the slot, so I'm not counting him as an outside corner. It's not like last year where, oh, Sherman got hurt. You have Mosley, Witherspoon, Verrett. You know, oh, Witherspoon's hurt. You still have the other two. You you don't have the depth there. And there's still big question marks. Verrett's had one injury free year really so that is what scares me the most you guys are a bunch of downers jason i never <laughs> asked you i'm gonna add one more Just down we didn't even Look account we didn't even account for covid man covid unvaxxed players have the same restrictions as last season with isolation quarantine testing and all that so if they're not, you know, if the, if the team and staff are not 85% vaccinated, at least you're going to, you know, you could be looking at a situation where some of your star players are out uh, for a game or two, too. So this is, I don't know, man. I'm just, I hate to be that guy, but these are all things that we have to think about at some point. <laughs> Jason's thinking, what is going think, on with my yeah. show? Not, right. even, not even that. I don't think, and I don't think you hate to be that guy, Rich. I think that's something you're just <laughs> well, saying if, if, I was, if, if I was guessing I'm it just, all right now. I'm just putting it all out there so people can weigh the, make the decision on their own, what, you know, how optimistic or not they want to be. I mean, if you're optimistic and think, you know, 13 and four, great, go ahead. I mean, that's, I would love that. I would love to make another deep playoff run with this roster before everyone bails and they have completely new 
uh, faces around next year because you know if guys ball out that they're not going to be able to keep half of them. So, um, you know, they got they got to do it now and they got to keep people healthy and they've got to get, you know, people vaccinated so they don't miss time for COVID. Um, that's the, that's really the biggest thing. It doesn't matter who the quarterback is. If Jimmy's quarterback, fine, whatever. You know, we know they can win games with him. Yes, I've admitted that a million times, but um, – you know, just, just win. find ways to win and stay healthy. And yeah. nobody will have anything to say about it next offseason if you make a first or second round playoff exit. Just get your guys in there in one piece. Yeah, it's about the how this year. How do they win? You know, we know we can win with Jimmy. It's how do you do it? Um, but and then some of the comments. Yeah, I would have kept with a spoon. Sorry, guys. Yeah, I would have definitely. Well, he is. The, he's the best cornerback in the league when he's healthy, which, of course, is I mean, never. <laughs> Like I'm a big I'm a big spoon guy. I if that's a if that's a cold take, I really thought Keller Witherspoon was going to be the next 49er corner. Like I, he had all the elite traits: speed, height, weight, whatever you needed, he had it. There's something he was always a tick late, or he just looked back a little bit a tick late. It's just you know I would have. I mean, we saw how, what they thought of Mosley towards the end of last year. They put a, a Witherspoon in there, and he locked down Lamb, Hopkins. You know, we we saw those last three four games. He did his damn thing. So. <laughs> yeah, didn't we learn that there might have there might be some more going on there with Witherspoon that we didn't know about? Yeah, he's banged up. Injuries. Go figure. Niners and injuries. Right. Jason, give yeah. us some light at the end of this tunnel that's not an oncoming truck. I probably have one that has a really good chance of being a cold take, so I want to be optimistic and bold and also end this the right way. Jaquaski Tart makes his first Pro Bowl this year and plays most of the season, misses at most two games. But he will make his first Pro Bowl this year, regardless of how the team plays. I really think that D'Amico Ryans is going to utilize him a lot more in the way that he was in 2017. He'll be up at the line, making more tackles for losses. Now the only issue is can he stay healthy? The reason that I'm saying this is because, one, it's showing optimism for a player. Two, it's probably going to be a cold take at the end of the day maybe it, it, it's got a good chance of being that but i actually really do believe that tart is playing with a one-year deal so he can get paid and go somewhere else if that's the case you always want to bet on a man in a contract year nobody works as hard as him it's never been about the talent it's more just about the injuries i have a feeling that he breaks that narrative this year wait are we giving player player takes here because if, if we do i have one i think jason Verrett's going to be an all pro this year if if he plays every game well, if there he plays go. every game, I mean, even if he misses a couple of games, I think he's. I think he. I thought he played it pretty much an All Pro level last year. He just didn't have enough games under his belt to be in consideration for it. Yeah, I, I got mean, one. You almost kind of have to do it two years in a row, right? First year, like people notice you, and then like the second year you do it, they're like, "Oh, okay." Then they kind of give you the love uh, that you deserve. What's up, Javi? Uh, Javon Kinlaw, nine and a half sacks. There you go. Whoa. Okay, now, See, we're, now, now we're, we're getting into it. it. Now we go yeah. positive. Kinlaw, yeah. nine and a half sacks. I think he's going to absolutely destroy people. And I think, you know, that's part of why you pay Armstead what you paid him because Bose is back. You attach those two together. Now you're getting a lot of one-on-one, cut, one-on-one uh, reps for Kinlaw, and he can win a lot of those. So, And he's a pick-six machine, if you guys didn't know. So... <laughs> So, but like, so that kind of goes back to what Rich was saying about D'Amico Ryan's wanting to be aggressive and how that could burn them because the Niners defense is built to not have to do that. They are built to be able to get pressure with just the front four. And so they don't have to send extra blitzers. That's how the defense has been so successful because even though they don't have the strongest corners, 
the pass rush just smothers these quarterbacks so much that they're able to make up for it. If they're being needlessly aggressive, like you talked about, that kind of goes against the way that they're constructed. Absolutely. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Yep. Wow. Rob made a good point. Rob makes yeah, a lot wow. of good points. That's a I, I'm, ending it, I'm ending it there. That's it. The show is over. Levin, you and Rob need to give each other more credit on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I like the dynamic a little bit about how you guys mess with each other, but you guys are both great. You know that you guys bring up good points. So, you this know, is, it, it would be it'd be a little bit good to, like, say, hey, nice nice take there, Rob. Nice take there, Levin. Hey, I did, I did tweet out today that he needs to get verified because he has, like, 13,000 followers. Why isn't he verified? Got to apply, Rob. Got to be in it to win it, man. Hey, uh, shoot or shoot, man. Uh, I I put it in today. We'll see what happens. <laughs> but it, anyway, uh, thank everybody for watching and for listening. We really do appreciate it. Jason, thanks for getting us all together. There's there's a ton of us 49ers content creators. There's plenty of 49ers stuff out there if you want to check it out. 49GM, Niners Nation. Jason, thanks again for assembling the Avengers here, so to speak. Enjoy your week, everybody, and uh, go Niners. Go Niners. Peace.